Welcome to Miss D's Lunacy. We are in London still at this wonderful Soho Sonic studio. It is very exciting, except for the unfortunate rain, which is pouring everywhere. And with me today is an absolutely beautiful, talented, young, beautiful woman who's a singer and performer. She is an opera singer, amongst many other things, with a wide range of voices, which is very unusual, and she's going to tell you how she does it. She's actually a soprano. But what is extraordinary is her past. It's so impressive, as she is so talented, and she's going to tell you where she's been. So she actually will tell you the most incredible thing. Talk about the Master Conservatory. That is fascinating. Oh, well, that was just me uh, going to, to study singing in Maastricht. Um, I was meant to do history of art in Italian at the university in in England, and I had been singing in the in the summer holidays and on my uh, free time, and I met a singing teacher who uh, was a voice professor in Maastricht and said, you should be an opera singer. I, it had always been a dream, and he said, come on, I'll, you know, audition, I'll, you know, we'll get you an audition. And uh, I got in. <laughs> and it's in Holland, and you were there for five years. I was, yes. And it must have been a glorious experience, because I love Holland. It's right in the south of, of the Netherlands, so it's almost, oh, the, 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 the Dutch would say it's hardly Holland at all, because we're uh, enclosed by Belgium and, and Germany. So it's actually, it's quite French, it's quite old-fashioned, it's very sort of, um, it's very quaint and uh, and we've got rolling hills and beautiful. Oh. Yeah, it's it's quite different to the rest of Holland. Did you ever go to the Matura Dam, which is this adorable little place, which is all tulips and all tiny little houses, in all tulips? I mean, it's a tiny yeah. little. It, that must be up near in the north. Oh, then. in the north, it yeah. is so spectacular. I've never seen anything like it, and I want everybody to go see it because the flowers and the tulips, of course, they all come from all. It's a great country, it's and a I have great to say, country. fantastic people, lovely So people. five years, you developed your beautiful voice, and it was the, the teachers there must have been incredible. Well, I got taken on by the head of the vocal faculty. Um, wow. Yeah, much to the sort of annoyance of the, of the uh, teacher who'd brought me out there, but never mind, I had to do what was right for me. And uh, <laughs> uh, I... Uh, I got a, a, a my outfourende uh, musicalis diploma with honors, and immediately I was employed by Andre Rieu to tour oh, around Europe. <laughs> I love Andre Rieu. I mean, he is magnificent. If anybody has seen him on YouTube, you have got to go. He is a conductor of such great kindness and talent. And he, he performs the most incredible things, and he's got 50, 70 people on stage yep. and 10,000 people out listening with Avid. And sh you were the soprano, the sole soprano yep. for five years. For What an honor. Well, it was when I first started working with him, I was still in my last year at the conservatoire, and uh, we did a. I fitted it in around my studies. Um, and in fact, the um, opera school, school were very kind in letting me use my performances with him as part of my um degree my degree performance degree <laughs> um they were that was that was very generous of them so they they took that into into consideration and came, and they came to see 
my uh, my spectacular spectacular performance with, in my big meringue dresses with Andre oh, and we're sitting I love there the with their marking pads. <laughs> and what is the name of that square? It's called the Ma- oh the Freitoff. The Freitoff. Yeah, that it- was uh, every year he did a concert there, and oh. it's a very big outfit now. I mean, when I joined them, we did three or four hundred seaters. Then I went to London for a year to do a post grad at the Royal College of Music, and he called me back. Oh my goodness! And suddenly I. I'm singing to 10, 15, 20,000 people. As the soprano. Yeah. I Which means while that. they're playing, you're getting up and you're singing, right? Yeah, yeah. Singing. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty fantastic experience. Was it a bit nerve-wracking with all those people? Good nerves. You know, I loved it. I love it. It was adrenaline. You want to do it. You're excited. I think the only time I would ever be nervous if I if I was sick or if I wasn't well, like, you know. So at the Royal College of Music back in London... You got your postgraduate degree. Yeah. And then uh, you did all this. Then you started doing all this incredible music with cabarets and things of that nature. That came later, yeah. So I I did some more years with Andre, and then I... I was a little bit frustrated in, in the fact that I wanted to be an opera singer and do roles in operas. And with uh, singing with Andre, it was singing the same uh, aria every night. Correct. Uh, so, it, you know, I... You needed you need a variety. Yeah, I needed... To, con- to pursue my career. And as much as I enjoyed doing it and saw, saw the world and, you know, earned a great living, I needed to, I wanted to sing the main roles in operas and that was my passion and that's what drove me. And so I went freelance um, and did lots of roles with for different companies in, in Holland, in Belgium, in England, oh uh, in America. And then, so that was... They have beautiful costumes in opera. Oh, my goodness. It's so much fun dressing it's, up. I know. It's the best you, part. <laughs> you feel like a queen, you know. You come out in these huge dresses and everything. It's so much fun. And it's so dramatic. Yeah. I mean, opera is so dramatic. And, I mean, you know, most people who sing are quite buxom and rather large. And you're this tiny little person <laughs> with a voice of gold, and I just don't know how you belt it out. I mean... I think as an opera singer, you have to have something that's strong in your body. You'll see that. I mean, I'm I may look slim, but I'm actually my 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 hips and my uh, my legs are quite kind of strong, and they really support a, 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 a sort of uh, they support my voice. Um, so there'll there'll always be something about an opera singer that is fairly kind of sort of not hefty is not the word, but you know. Though they might have a big huge cleavage, yeah, a big huge chest, usually. <laughs> but you know, nowadays, I don't think opera singers need to be fat. That of course there are some. There was one lady that was actually told not to play because she had got. Yeah, it. it happens a lot. I mean, uh, smaller companies are loath to employ w- women who are too big because they're not believable in their character for a start. And, uh, you know, that, I mean, I think it was Deborah Voigt, a fantastic am- American soprano, who I think she, uh, if I'm, mis- I'm not mistaken, I think she had a, a stomach staple and lost a load of weight because... She wanted to get back on yeah, stage. Yeah, she couldn't see her feet when she... I came on stage, you know, it turned, turns into a liability. But the roles are amazing because mm-hmm. everything, and you have children in the plays, and you have, what were the names of the, some of the operas? I've sung Madame Butterfly. Oh, my God. Quite it's a my, few companies, yeah. It's my favorite. Oh, and I sang that across America with uh, Cami, with Columbia Artists. We did a coast-to-coast tour for just over three months, and it was one of the best tours I ever did in my life. Oh, my 
You had to yeah. sort of like a geisha girl. Yeah, yeah. The makeup took ages. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but it was so much fun. The songs were beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, and uh, that was a big cast. We had a, we had a orchestra from Hungary. Uh, the chorus was from England. Um, the cast were a mixture of English and European people, and we all went on tour. We landed in Atlanta, Georgia, and we went all around the South. And then the east, and then we flew across to the west coast and uh, came down from San Francisco into good uh, heavens, Southern California. Talk about traveling! It was but how many? Brilliant. How many was in the troop? Oh God, um, hundred. Yeah, more. I should think. How did they organize all this? Moving about. <clears throat> Two coaches, uh, a tour manager, an assistant tour manager, wow. a, a crew bus. Uh, and wow. then another crew bus that goes on ahead with the, setting up the stage. It was a huge operation. It was pretty phenomenal and very impressive. Did you lose anybody? I mean, <laughs> we did actually. We had there are a few incidents where uh, we people were, went the wrong way. <laughs> we were flying from um, where did we fly from? <laughs> we fl- flew from I think Chicago to uh, um, into San Francisco, and uh, the coaches were going to go go on ahead and drive. And one of the casts uh, had packed a passport for a domestic flight, so she had. So to, how did they get her passport? Well, oh someone had to stay. One of the crew members had to stay the, an extra night. They had to catch up with the coach en route, unlock the luggage, take out her passport, get her on a different flight, and then she caught up with us. But uh, yeah, she. Quelle tragédie! Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, these things happen. I mean, yeah. I, I interviewed yeah. a girl who was like taking two hundred and fifty people on a cruise, and I said, "It's like being a mother." Yes, oh yeah. And there's somebody's going, ah, da, 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 ah, and I'm like, and you have to please everybody, and there's always something that goes wrong. And, and I mean, the organization is phenomenal. And actually, afterwards, when the tour finished and I flew uh, back to London, I couldn't do anything for myself. For I know, week. because you'd been... I had been looked after so exactly. well. I didn't have to think about what I ate, where I went, what flight I took, what gate it, the gate departure it was. I didn't think about anything. And actually, suddenly I had to... I And I, it was it's, very, very traumatic. It's true. Uh, Caesar's been taking care of me, so like, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I mean, you do get a little spoiled, you know, especially in the acting and but the, but the, the transportation and all of the... Or it's like being in a band. Yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. Oh, yeah. it's, these guys specialize these, in that, this, though. It's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely... So it must yeah. have been so exciting with it Madame was. Butterfly and traveling around. So I've done uh, I've done that role. I've done uh, Violetta in La Traviata. I've oh, done, um, they're all my fake. Countess in The Marriage of Figaro a few times. I've done oh. Fiordaligi. I've done... I did Aida a couple of years ago, oh, which to date God. is probably my most dramatic role. Um, and that was amazing as well. So you and had to study acting a bit as well. Of course, yeah. Uh, it comes very naturally to me, though, because uh, that was my first love. When you sing, you, 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 it's like a performance, and you sort of get into it a little bit. Totally. Uh, and actually, you have to use the acting to colour the words, the text, in the Italian. That's true. Um, but not so much that it compromises your voice. You always have to, there, have to keep a little bit of distance in order to... Uh, sing well as as well so it's a fine balance it's true because I was studying acting years ago so when I started the radio show the the, the mic fellow at the engineer was I'm, I'm not used to sort of sitting I was always in motion on yeah. the stage and all of a sudden he goes you're moving around and I was going well sorry but mm. you know I got to move around. And so all of a sudden I had to sort of pipe down. Yeah. So to say, well, you're not moving around you're sitting in a chair and the mic you know so he kept trying to so 
everything morphs into one thing or another. So on stage, you do one thing because you have to be very emotive. It's the same thing with opera and everything. It's grand and it's beautiful. Mm. And then in this particular instance, what you're talking about are people's lives and the interesting things that they do because people are fascinated. And I've met the most fascinating people, and you happen to be one of them. <laughs> and from going from opera to now going to cabaret, I uh, mean, that to me <clears throat> just unbelievable talent. Well, uh, it happened like this. I had a... Um I had a little accident in 2005 and I hurt my neck and ah. I was in a terrible amount of pain and I was singing, at the time I was singing Fjordeligi uh, and um, I didn't audition after that role because I uh, wanted to take some time out and I had been, you know, it, it's very difficult to, to, to be the this go-getting the best yes, you can. Yes, if you're not with, feeling if well. If you're not feeling well. And I had pain in my neck and I was very worried about, uh, you know, it was... And it can also hurt your voice. Well, yes, the muscles were all very tense. So um, I took a bit of time out and it was it was a very, very, very difficult and low time for me. Um, I know, especially since you've been taken care of. Uh, I know, and it's, you know, when you live, it's the only thing you live for, and it's your life, It's it can be very depressing. Um, so I did what anyone else who has depression has. I went into comedy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I, I started to, I had to continue to be creative and do my music. So I started to uh, write songs with my pianist. I had always wanted to do this because... Quite often when I did opera recitals, you want to finish it off with, with a funny song. And I was a bit frustrated with the repertoire out there. Uh, you know, I like, you know, Flanders and Swan is nice and fun, but it's a little bit dated. Um, the, the American... Aida is very sad. Yeah. yeah. But if you're doing a recital with just a, a sort of selection of arias, you know, just standing there in What's concert. Nice? Uh, like I like St Stephen Sondheim, you know, so... I wanted to emanate that, and I was also very, very uh, influenced by the Berlin cabaret scene of the 30s. So I wasn't it fascinating. Yeah. Do you know that yeah. Berlin is now sort of one of the top cities everybody wants to I go know. to? It's a fantastic place. Everybody to go. wants to go. It has yeah. taken an immense revival. Yeah, and people are flocking to it, and yeah. there are cabarets and bars and. There's not as much cabaret as you would think. I've been there a lot, and I've really searched for it, and actually, I'm. I'm quite disappointed as to what you can find. And I it, there's a real gap in the market there if anyone's out there and wants to start a... Well, there you go. So now we want our listeners to know where to find you. So tell us your website. Uh, the Cabaret website is www.kissandtellcabaret. And uh, there are very various uh, funny videos that we put up and things that we've written ourselves and things from our... I just love the name Kiss and Tell. Who would know? It sounds like my crazy name. <laughs> I love it. Talking about crazy, my dear friend Melinda Hughes is is uh, performing at Crazy Cox on November 9th. That's right. So where does one buy tickets to see you? On the website. It's Z Same website. Yeah, ZL is the, I think. Kiss and Tell dot, dot Oh, I'll put a link on my website. I've got to get around to doing that. Um, but it's Brasserie Zadel, which is behind uh, Piccadilly Circus. And Wonderful, because the, because uh, Hope Springs. Miss Hope Springs. Yes, yeah, she's playing there yeah. in August. She's a regular there. In fact, she's, she's a regular there. Um, and packs out every performance. You, you, it's very difficult to get a ticket. I know. I love, I love Miss so Hope Springs. So we've got to have you 
get tickets, and everybody's got to go to Kiss and Tell, right? So, we have some songs that we have the pleasure of listening to from you. And first of all, let's, she, you had a, a composer that I thought was very interesting that you were telling me about, called Leo Brower. Oh, Leo Brower? Yes, oh. you were telling me this. How fascinating. He's Cuban, yes? Yeah, he's a conductor who I worked with quite a lot, who I met in Maastricht, and he's he's back in Cuba now, but he lived and worked for a long time in Spain. Uh, in so he's Cuba. really talented. He's a very... He, he's a guitar composer, and, oh, and he is... I adore guitar. Really amazing. Quite modern, but just... Stunning, stunning music. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Well, you have um, met so many interesting people. And yeah. by the way, I have a little gossip here. Madame Belinda met um, Prince Charles yesterday. Prince Harry, I met. Prince Harry and... <laughs> and, and Coldplay. <laughs> that's not bad. Not bad for Was anything. Gwyneth was there? No, they've split up, Gwyneth and um, I know, Chris but Martin. if Coldplay is Chris Martin, had to be there. I think Who knows? <clears throat> it was at Kensington Palace, which That's I think right. sounds very swanky. In the rain. <laughs> In the rain. And there's all sorts of madness going on here because the British have decided to leave the European. <gasps> Terrible. And so there's so many things going on and people are getting very upset. And they want to leave Europe and poor Cameron has to resign. And I think it's all very sad, but I hope we can still have people survive and figure out what to do. But it is a bit... So anyway, if you're in London, get a lot of money because it's really not expensive anymore. <laughs> because you just go to the ATM and, you know... Because now it's... One dollar $1 is like one twenty or something. I mean, you can really get a good rate of exchange. Well, now. good. Well, there has to be an upside for somebody. Yeah, exactly. For <laughs> well, no, no, for some people it's not so good. For some people yeah, it's for yeah, mother. Yeah. So Melinda is now going to... Well, first of all, she's singing Crazy Cocks. And the website is Kiss and Tell. And now, um, well, since I've bragged about her, we are now going to hear her fabulous songs. And we're going to hear... So tell us about the songs, because you wrote every single one of them. I write with my uh, co-writer, Jeremy Lim, who's very, very talented. And we do a lot of uh, modern-day satirical songs. And I think the first one we're going to hear is... Please don't invite me to your country estate, which was inspired by my life on the road as an opera singer in Britain, where they put you up in stately homes and uh, they're crumbling. They're crumbling, and uh, the more aristocratic the home, the the more dilapidated it is. Why do you think that is? Money. <laughs> well, I also have I also have a theory myself, but during the war. The English were so frightened that the Germans were to come in that they left their places falling to bits and pieces so nobody would really want them. So it's become shabby chic. You know, the dogs were on the furniture and there were holes yeah. everywhere. But I think you're right. These estates are so big and they yeah. just can't they keep can't, them up. They can't afford they But, I mean, Downton Abbey was just about the coolest show I've ever seen. And what an estate that is. Yeah, I've sung that. I, we were supposed to go, but we haven't had time. We were going to take a bus and be a real tourist and go and see the place. It'll still be there next year. So please don't invite me to my country estate and hit it. From Derbyshire to Somerset and all points in between, everybody's bigging up the rural country scene. They say the village shop is now the place to be seen. But I'm a London girl, Sloane Square is more my style. I can't face days of torture in a crumbling country pile. 
The roofs are always leaking and there's buckets on the stairs. The staff are always drinking and the soup is full of hairs. Well, no one's heard of Wi-Fi, there's never any post. The rooms are always freezing and so's the bloody toast. No wonder that the only long-term resident's a ghost. Well, let me near the gunroom and I'll shoot the bloody host. Please don't invite me to your country estate For your country estate is something I hate I don't care for muddy walks, black Labradors or shoots I don't like dusty, musty beds or filthy hunter boots And I'm not fond of trekking half a mile to find the loo Or to bathe in tepid water just to find there's no shampoo So pretty please don't invite me to your country estate got the riding hat, the jodhpurs or the shoes. I haven't got the urge to shoot at anything that moves. I prefer the roar of Knightsbridge to the sound of horses' hooves. I don't care if the owner is a bona fide duke. The thought of kedgery for breakfast makes me want to puke. I don't like suet pudding, and game pie makes me howl. Keep your roasted pheasant, I'm a simple London girl. I haven't shot a partridge, I haven't chased a deer. And if I'm feeling peckish, well, there's M&S quite near. I like to be awakened by Ken Bruce on Radio 2, and not at 5 a.m. by Cockadoodle Bloody Doo. Please don't invite me to your country estate, for your country estate just makes me irate. Everyone gets plastered and no one goes to bed. They prowl the drafty corridors for half the night instead. Trying to shank their cousins? Well, no wonder they're inbred. It's as noisy as a farmyard when the pigs are being fed. So pretty please don't invite me to your country estate. My skinny latte and five bars on my iPhone My evening standard magazine My bath in Joe Malone I like freshly made mojitos And sushi on demand Not potted shrimps or spotted dick Or trout that's locally farmed And so I say kel barber to that barber that you harbour I'm off to the royal court to see the latest Patrick Marber So please don't invite me You're doing it to spite me Please don't invite me To your country estate Oh, it's wonderful Alright, so um, now we're going to have a song It's a cabaret song, which is... Ah, no, so this is from my album, uh, Smoke and Noise. And I love the name. Explain to me Smoke and Noise. There was a very famous cabaret venue in Berlin in the 30s called Schall und Rauch, which means uh, uh, noise and smoke. Uh, but it sounds better, no- uh, Smoke and Noise in English, so I sw- swap. I love the way the German is very guttural. Yeah, fantastic. But language. say it again, it's such a cool thing. Schall und Rauch. Schall und Rauch. There are some songs in German on the CD and and some in English. And this is a very beautiful song by Misha Spoliansky, which we turned on its head a little bit. We uh, we made it a little bit more into a, jo- a sultry jazz song. And it's one of the, my most favourite uh, tracks on the CD. It's called Where Flamingos Fly.
sun hangs low in a ruby sky and the surf at night sings a lullaby yes i think i'll go where flamingos hear them all again, but I, we don't have time. And then the third one you just wrote, and you just released it, yes? Ah, this is our new song. Yes. It was released today, and it's celebrating the London taxi cab driver, who um, I'm a great fan of London cabbies. Because Me too. They're, they're so synonymous with London, you know, they're like the double-decker buses, we can't and they're so cheeky and 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 happy, or or, or if they're grumpy, it doesn't matter because you know at least you're having an interesting journey. They know more than thirty thousand landmarks, three hundred and fifty oh. routes. It takes them four years to learn their craft, and at the moment they're a little bit under threat 
uh, with Uber who are operating in London and uh, growing exponentially. And I I feel a little bit sorry for the London cabbies because they're having a tough time and it's a, a craft, a job that should be a little bit more protected. I know, and I love them. And here's my perfect example. You know, in New York, they're so rude. So my son says, why do you say lovey and darling all the time? I said, well, you just see when you come to London. Sure. And he's like, Mom, you're so weird. And I'm going, no, people say it all the time. It's very British. I do it all the time. Uh, yeah, darling. Well, everyone, darling. So anyway, Sebastian, he must have been 11. I don't know. We, we came here. And we get in a taxi, and the, and the taxi driver says, hello, love. Where are you going? And I said, you see? I'm not making it up. It's and so cute. It huh? is so cute. It is so cute. Hello, love. I love them. I and love then them. I said, "Do you?" So I said, "Stop yelling at me, because they're really nice here. They're really kind." It, it you know, they're 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 such a unique uh, breed. Breed, and I, I love London. I love being a Londoner, and the taxi drivers. I just I have some sort of affiliation with them, or I, that something that just is. I so understand, cute. and they happen to be very kind. Yeah, they nine, are. Nine point nine times out of ten, yeah, they're. There you go. Well, that's a better odd than any, you know. Absolutely, and and they won't drive you into the river like Uber drivers do. Oh my God, that's an amazing story. <laughs> Was that in the newspaper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what they, did it do? Go over a fence or well, something? They just follow their sat nav and they don't realise they're driving into the river Thames. <laughs> <laughs> Although Uber in New York is much better than it is here. I take Uber when I'm in New York because I don't like the cab drivers in New well, York. Well, New York is sort of so easy. Yeah. You've got 68, yeah. 69, 70. I mean, here you're going, but a lot of them yeah. go around, go to this, go to that. Yeah. So it's much more complicated. So you yeah. just wrote this. Yes. And it's, uh, and it's to celebrate them, really. Yeah, it's a nice, feel-good, happy song, and uh, it's called Take Me Home, and it's the, oh, the, the cabbie song. Oh, I love it, love it. And it, will, it is on your website. It's, it will be tonight, and oh, I yeah, yeah, just yeah. uploaded it onto YouTube today. Well, kiss and tell, girls, and go to go to YouTube and find this song and hit it. We're going to listen to it. I was lost all alone. I'd missed the last tube home, and I, I was tired. I'd outgrown catching the night bus home, so I hung around in the hopes that I'd turn round and suddenly see you. There you'd be, just for me, my handsome black-clad stranger out of the night, an orange light to save me from my misbehavior. You're so kind, you don't even mind all my baggage, cause you're a licensed carriage. Another date, another night In slightly tarnished armor And another wait for Mr. Right I just want my pajamas Oh, why should it be so hard to find somebody Who's prepared to take me home? But you don't complain You never even say no You're such a saint You've even got a halo my heart leaps when I see you coming You can leave the meter running Take me home, oh my taxi Take me home, save my taxi Take me home and you can brag You've had me in the back Take me home, sweep me off my feet Onto your strangely bouncy seat And I promise not to eat If you'll only take me home 
when I feel like such a party pooper And at those times I need wheels And I'm so over uber And besides, nobody's got so tight a turning circle like you do Cause you have a way, a way that will astonish Who needs sat-nav when you've got the knowledge? You make my heart dump when you drive over a speed bump When you take me home, oh my cabbie Take me home and make me happy Take me home and say you might Be heading my way this time of night Take me home, I know you'll take good care That you'll take me anywhere Sometimes via Russell Square But you'll always take me Okay, fantastic. And I've heard it. It's absolutely fabulous. And it's sexy, too. Yeah, it is slightly sexy. It is. <laughs> and, you sort of, and I love it when you're sitting in the restaurant, you know, drinking away, like, oh, my God. I'm on a God. terrible date. And you're on a terrible yeah, date. I'm trying to get away. So I, I so underneath the table, I, I, I secretly... I, I saw. I saw. It's <laughs> wonderful. And take me home. And, oh, I think it was so pretty. It was wonderfully, oh, wonderfully thank you, done. Yeah, thank I you. really liked it. And I just think you're terrific. And so, I, I i mean, I think I'm coming back in November to see you play. I mean, I'm thinking... Oh, seriously? I, I don't know. Why not? I'm okay. having such a good time here, and I haven't done half of what I'm supposed to do. Come back. Well, as so long as there's no traffic and it's not raining, maybe I'll give it a well, go. I can't guarantee that. I know, I know, I know. You know, we Floridians like the sun and the thing, and here we're like... Nah, rah, rah. But anyway, Darla, I am so impressed, and I just I wish your career... The best of luck, and it seems that you probably don't need it because you're already pretty famous as it is, and everybody seems to know you and think you're terrific. And I'm so impressed that, that you sing in all these languages, and I mean, it's just, and you, I happen to like London too. Good. So, and I happen to like you, and I happen to like everything you do. So, unfortunately, the time is up because Madame has another appointment. I'm actually meeting Ty Jeffries. Well, there you go. <laughs> and I mean, that's a terrific person. So anyway, these are all wonderful actors and performers that come together. So there's a rather interesting clan of people. And I find that extraordinary because I really like talent. And when you meet talent, you really want to share with your audience and all your people. So this, if you're in London, Paris, California, New York, you listen on because we've got about 3,500 followers going on now. So this show's taking off, and Miss D's Looney City's going to have to sign off. But here's my motto. Lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. <laughs> that is my ending of my show. God bless you all, and have a wonderful day, and I will see you later. Bye-bye.